along with us as we take a little detour from our normal format and take the scenic route. Our destination? One of the most impressive and intact mansions of the early 20th century, Spadina House, a Canadian National Historic Site. Set amidst lush gardens, this manor house gives us a glimpse of life as it was lived in the early days of Toronto. From galas to garden parties with a backdrop of war, the Great Depression and ever-advancing technology, Spadina House displays a lavish collection of original artifacts once owned by the grand estate of the Austin family. We even have a quick visit next door to Canada's famous castle, Casaloma, the most majestic and impressive chateau built this side of the Atlantic in 1914. Let's go! Well, it's been a while since we hit the road walker. It has, but we're not going far today, are we, Harris? And no, that's right. Today we're going to explore the grand mansions of the barons of the early 20th century. In fact, we have a private tour at Spadina House, built in 1866, where three generations of the very wealthy Austin family lived until the 1980s. It was donated to the city of Toronto when the last member of the family parted this life and remains very much the same now as it was when it was a private residence. Just imagine Toronto back then, Harris. These houses were the first with telephones and electricity. Cars weren't common and a horse and buggy would get you about town. I can't wait. I can't wait either. Let's go. go. I'm here today with Karen Ragnan, Museum Program Officer at Spadina Museum Historic House and Gardens. Thanks so much for our tour today, Karen. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, so where are we starting off here? Uh, well, we can start in uh, 1818, if you want, and then time travel to the 1920s. That sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> I'm up for that, eh, Walker? Absolutely. Okay, let's go. Okay. We were very lucky to get this tour with Karen today. She's, uh, she's an expert on this beautiful manor house. Is there a lot of educational programs that you host here as well, Karen? Uh, there, there are. Okay. We used to be quite busy with them um, pre-pandemic. Okay. Um, and then during the pandemic, they had to stop like like everybody else. So mm-hmm. uh, we're planning on bringing them back in September. Great. September, Something so. to look forward to. Okay. Yeah. So where are we here? We uh, what we call the basement. It was uh, 1818 foundation. So the Baldwin families. Okay. This was their country home. So it's still the original kitchen. Yeah. That's so a fireplace then, and a half. Yep. And then there was a fire in 1835. So if you look under the plexiglass there, you can see the smudge marks. We still have the original hearth here just because subsequent generations used it as a, a furniture. So then uh, 1835, a second building was built here at Spadina and then in 1866 the Austin family, they uh, they purchased the, the property. They used the foundations for the basement of their, their house. That's why okay. we still have it. And then they built their own. So James uh, Austin, who had been an immigrant from Ireland and he's the one that purchased the property so this is his later in life home he didn't start wealthy but he worked his way up and started a grocery uh, business here and then he sold out and was able to be one of the founders of the Dominion Bank which is now the TD Bank right and he was also president of consumer gas okay so so one of the forefathers of the infrastructure in the city yeah yeah and very much the you know work hard and work your way up Mm -hmm. so this is wife Susan so they had five children their son Albert inherited okay. the place in 1890, uh, 1897-98, and this is his wife Mary. They also had five children, so we'll hear their stories as we go through the house. Okay. And then Anna Kathleen is the only one who had uh, 
children of her own. Mm. And Anna Kathleen is the last family member to live in the house. So she was here until 1982. Oh, okay. Fairly yeah. recently then. Mm-hmm. And she's the one who arranged for the partial sale, partial donation of the house to come to the city to become a museum. So we, we love her. Yes, uh, thank you very much, yeah, Anna like, Kathleen. Uh, she didn't have to do that. She yeah. could have got a lot more money and sold to developer, and there would have been condos here. Yeah. So people say, why, why didn't she leave stuff to her kids? But her kids, at that point, they were grown. They had homes of their own. They were, everybody was financially okay, so they didn't need another house mm-hmm. to take on. So they were fully on board with the uh, Oh, that's so wonderful because it's as, such... As well. yeah, yeah, it's a jewel. It's it, a it jewel is, in our city. Is. Yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. Upstairs we go. So up here, so when Anna Kathleen left the house, she also left most of the stuff oh, as well because her kids didn't need mom's stuff, so we got it. So most of the stuff you threw in the house is their furniture and their art and their pictures and all that sort of stuff. How they lived. How they lived, yeah. Mm-hmm. And anything that normally fades, like carpets and wallpapers and stuff, that is reproduced based on what we know was in the, was in the house. Okay. Yeah, we have a wall of stuff because same family for four generations, it's easy to put stuff in a box and say, well, I'm gonna deal with that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you never do. Yeah. then you have a museum and you get clutter, but then you do get like carpet remnants and wallpaper remnants. And mm-hmm. we so it can put, come in handy, all of those things can, in your I'm storage room. I'm not saying people should clutter. If you're gonna, <laughs> Gonna, if your house is going to become a museum, that would be very, very... It would be helpful. <laughs> My house is well on the way. <laughs> so in 1915, a magazine called Saturday Night, kind of society magazine, came in and took photographs. So we know also where wow. stuff was placed. It's like Moment being transported back into that time exactly. Yeah. There was a re-restoration 2010. So it became a museum in 1984. It was open 2010, there was a re-restoration. Um, and one of the decisions was, before the re-restoration, a lot of rooms were of actually in different time periods. Okay. Which is what a house normally looks like. You might redo your dining room and not do a bedroom until later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were finding that that's quite a broad range. And for people who already didn't know history a lot, that was just adding to confusion. And then some of our sister sites already focus on the Victorian era. So no museum focused on the 20s and 30s era. Right. And we had a lot of information. So it kind of narrowed the focus. And that's something other museums weren't weren't Mm -hmm. doing. Filling a niche there. Filling a niche. Right. So it was a grand room for sure. Uh, We have pictures of how the other half lived in the the ward, which is one of the worst slums. Oh, wow. Whereabouts is that? That's where um, New City Hall is. Okay. Okay. It was called The Ward, was it? The Ward, Okay. Yeah. So this is their entrance with the uh, organ. My goodness, that's uh, quite impressive. Walking in there, you, you would you feel don't have an organ in your front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking I'm sorely lacking in my house. <laughs> so people would come in the front door. So the the door you came in was the servants' entrance. Uh, back in the day, uh, this is the historic entrance, the grand dance where people would come in and you'd be greeted by the wolves at the door. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you if those were originally there. Yeah, there were originally wolves there. Yeah, what's the significance of them, or the, do we know? I, I mean, there's taxidermy through the house. It was decorative. Uh, the thinking of the time was, I appreciate nature, therefore I will display dead animals on my wall. Okay. Now, why you would choose snarling wolves to greet your guests? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an interesting it's a, it's, it's concept, an interesting yeah. That's a, that's a list of questions we'd like to ask Albert. Right, you know, just they're pretty <laughs> impressive, <laughs> You'd intimidating. You'd have to be a pretty brave person to get past that front door. <laughs> I guess, I guess, yeah, by invitation only. And taxidermy was very popular, wasn't it? Was it in the it, it, 20s and 30s when it was... 
Oh, it's popular, it's, yeah, and you like trophy stuff, yeah, you know, just yeah. display. Mm-hmm. But it's also the kind of thing you can just like flip through the Eaton's catalog at the time, which is like the Amazon of the time, and say, hey, I could use a moose on my wall. Should okay, all right. Not so much these days, Not fortunately. So much, yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. <laughs> We do have a, a portrait here that is is not of, of the time. This is a new thing. So people will come in and meet uh, Mrs. Pipkin here. So this is going back a little bit to the 1870s. So she would have been familiar with the, the, the level we saw below when it was in action. Mm-hmm. So she was a servant here, and she was a laundress in the 1870s. Okay. Clearly meant a lot to the family. And one of the family members painted a portrait of her. So we just have a oh, photo. We don't have the original gosh. portrait here. The original portrait is in the hands of the descendants of the family members. Uh-huh. Her story, we know, she and her husband had left slavery in uh, Maryland. They were freedom seekers and made their way to uh, Toronto. And in Toronto, her husband worked as a laborer, and she worked as a, she worked as a laundress maybe for other families, but for here for sure. And there are four butterflies in this portrait, which represent the four children she had to leave behind because they were also enslaved, but in different families. Oh my gosh. And were they reunited with the children? We don't know. We We haven't found any paperwork to indicate one way or the other. So this portrait you're looking at here is a modern reimagining of Mrs. Pipkin. So here she's dressed like lady of the house. So we had an exhibit called Dismantle and throughout the house, or reimagine the house, what if? What if this is Mrs. Pitkin's house? What mm-hmm. if there have been fewer barriers? What if there hadn't been slavery? All this sort of thing. So there are portraits through the house. Uh, they've all been sold, but this one we get to keep. And oh, wow, that's yeah. fascinating. Mrs. Pitkin and just uh, recognizing her. her life and her contribution. And it's yeah. lovely yeah. that you've uh, positioned her right in the front entrance as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is. Uh, the, the artist here, his name is Gordon Shadrach, and you can uh, Google him. And he does paint a lot of... Um, people of color in historic dress. He's got a series of men in uh, like the red coat oh, okay. outfit. Yeah. And oh, just, that'd uh, be so interesting. Reimagining uh, history, history like that. Yeah. So people would come in the front door and then they would be directed to this room over here called the reception room. So very formal room, uh, wouldn't be used all the time, would be used to receive guests. And Mary used it on Fridays. On Friday, she would make a point of being at home. So if you wanted to see her, you can find her. More for formal visiting. Mm-hmm. Say you wanted her to support your charity, something like right, that. Right, okay. If you were a very close friend, she would take you to another part of the uh, part of the house. So like the, a receiving room. of A receiving old. room, yeah. yeah. And Mary Austin was basically the decorator of her house. So when, um, when James passed away, Albert and Mary moved moved in. And Mary, she kept some stuff, but mm-hmm. she, uh, she made it her... Uh, her own. She's very much lady of the house. And it's feminine, like it's a sort of like a deep pink almost. It's red, but it has a pink yeah. undertone. It's, it, is, it does have a feminine feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the original walls in here were real silk damask. Oh my gosh. And they're padded a little bit. So if you're yeah. in this room, you don't get a lot of uh, echo. That's so fascinating. Okay. How would you clean? Silk walls. That would be a, yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't, you have yeah, I'm not so sure I would be up to that task. The parties will happen in here. Okay. That is Mary's piano over there. It was a wedding gift from her in-laws. Oh wow! And the music you hear playing in the background is the outing waltz, which Mary wrote. Oh, you're kidding! Yeah, that's she, nice she was a great supporter of arts and culture. Uh, playing the piano was her great love. She was a, a pianist before she got. Uh, married in her church. So if you come on a tour and if you know how to play the piano and you ask, we do let people play. It helps, play the, it. helps the piano to keep in Oh, you're kidding. Tune. If you don't know how to play and you're just going to pound on the keys. We yes, please, <laughs> please do not. Please yeah. do not. Please do not. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's such a neat thing to know. Well, you might have a few more requests now. Maybe. Yeah, the, <laughs> the word will be out. On, depends on the guide. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, you have to be on a guided tour to see Spadina, so it's never a case of uh, walk around. So mm-hmm. it's always by guided tours. So you'd be with a uh, you'd be with a uh, guide. So the tours are free, but mm-hmm. they are they are uh, guided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense in a place with so much of value. There's so much of value, yeah. and, it, and it's a big uh, and it's a big house. So we have the uh, fires, uh, fun fireplaces would have been uh, used. So these are Baldwin fireplaces here that were re. Purposed, and then later would have been coal, and then later gas. So these are gasoliers oh, here. Okay. Um, so they're still connected to the gas mm. line. So technically, they could be turned on, and later electricity. So the house by the 1920s was partial gas, partial electricity. So okay. this family could have had. It's kind of the smart home of the the era. So any of the latest technologies they could have afforded. I love that the smart home of of the time. Yeah. That's yeah. really neat. And he was. I can't remember which Austin, but one of the gentlemen was uh, involved with Consumers Gas, you said? They both were. So first, okay. first generation, he was president, and then those titles kind of passed on to his, okay. um, his, his son, the second generation. Right, so he had to have some gas being piped into the home base. Yeah, it's, good. it's good advertising, it's yeah. good marketing. Yeah, and in yeah. the 20s, there was a real debate, what's better, what's gas or what's electricity? So now, you know, nobody really cares what you choose in your house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was quite a... a like you had to kind of pick a side. Oh, and each really? Side was saying the other side was not safe. Yeah, of course. From our perspective, if you look at the technology, you're mm-hmm. like, well, neither of you were kind of safe. Oh, um, that's so interesting. Yeah, quite a tussle for a while. Okay. Yeah. In the baseboards, I don't think I've quite seen baseboards mm-hmm. this tall before. Mm-hmm. Early days of Toronto, you had larger trees. Like mm-hmm. now they were they were all cut down and not replaced. You had these huge old growth. That's right. Trees. So if you go in a really old building in Toronto, you might see very long, like large beams different mm-hmm. places and mm-hmm. they're, they're lost the, the 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 thinking was well canada has lots of trees so we'll just keep chopping them down mm. and then they realized oh wait, ooh, wait. yes mm. yes yeah a renewable resource but not a very quickly renewing yeah, resource exactly. yeah exactly yeah so okay. when albert What's inherited this? his father's place he kept the, the the structure as is but he did add on some rooms so okay one of the rooms he added on we call it the palm room d-a-l-m beautiful and kind of a seamless transition you look behind you can see this was an outside wall okay yeah and at one point yeah and his rooms are, are, are a bit brighter and bigger it's a different style and they're uh they're brighter so the palm room uh, this could be if there was a party happening in the drawing room. This would be with the orchestra and the musicians. Oh, okay. Would, uh, would set up. This could be another place to have visitors over for, for, for coffee or tea. If there was a garden party, of which there were many, the doors would, would open up. Onto the beautiful uh, garden. Onto the, the gardens. Yeah, and we have two full-time gardeners here. So they're the ones that take care of the, the gardens, but that's six acres, but also they take care of all these plants here and one of our head gardeners she's been the head gardener since it became a museum so oh you're kidding yeah so we're never gonna let her retire no her since the i guess the 80s the yeah. 1980s wow that's amazing so she must really she has a know this knowledge property sure. so she, she, like, inside and out knowledge like no no other yeah, wow yeah, yeah irreplaceable you can't, you can't replace that yeah exactly yeah. exactly so a room like this also in the 20s a kind of a testament to albert's wealth because a lot of people would have a garden, but they'd be gardening vegetables for, for food and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, this is not that. You see, they're tropical plants that aren't naturally grown. We've got little palm trees and everything. So Albert would send away for seeds, and he was interested in botany. And only a wealthy man would have had enough leisure time for something yes. mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Only a wealthy man would even consider heating what is basically a glass room in the yeah. Canadian winter to keep the pretty flowers alive. 
Uh, but I don't like giving Albert all the credit. I don't because he did have a garden stuff. He had a garden. Yeah. And you see on the f- floor there, there's a door. Yeah. So I was going to ask What's you about that. that. Yeah. yeah. So that it's, it's sealed now, but it would open up and there was a ladder and it would go down to the uh, basement where we just were. So the gardener can get his tools and whatever. Easy and come access. up this way, yeah. Without so then, having to go through the house. Without having through the to go main the house. house and track mud or there's anything going That's on. That's clever. So this family was very good to their servants, but there is still that element of upstairs, downstairs. Absolutely. There's a party or something and the gardener was here. It can be... Hidden away. Discreet. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's the word yeah. for it, discreet. Wow. Sometimes you might want to avoid your boss, too. Exactly, it goes both ways. Yeah, definitely works both ways. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What yeah. a stunning, stunning room. And the view would have been quite different. So when the Baldwins were here in 1818, it was a clear view to the lake. That was the oh. That was the point. Spadina Road was basically a private... Uh, private driveway okay. all the way down now you can't see anything because the trees are through but even in the winter if you come you won't see you'll see the um the skyline so right a little sliver of water yeah. if you know where to yeah it's pretty you know populated down there now along yeah, the uh, claimed, lakefront yeah, the shore shoreline lakefront is completely different if you look at old maps it's it's quite uh, quite a change wow and up here on the hill too it would have been spectacular it would have been okay where are we now so now we're in what the family called the library and it's still a bit fancy uh, compared to what like fashionable today, but it's still uh, a little toned down from, so you don't see anything fancy on the ceiling. So right. it's meant more of a family room, not necessarily one that was meant to impress. Mm-hmm. However, if anybody did come in here, they would be impressed with the latest in technology with the 1927 Crosley radio. Yes. Radio. paid $500 for it we did some calculations that would be about $8,000 wow today and it really wasn't all that long ago it wasn't all that long ago uh, but it was like you know really the top cool of for, technology yeah, I, I then mean, you could be in the comfort of your own home and hear music and news broadcasts and and just uh, relax but people were very worried still they said what's going to happen with society because people are just focused on their technology yeah not talking then yeah, wow. same arguments we get for the uh, for the phone. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, and, yeah, and yeah. previous generations, they were lamenting the use of newspapers, saying, you know, people aren't going to read novels anymore. They're just going to get used to these short newspaper blurbs, and people are just going to become stupid. So, so there's I mean, always a worry. Change, it's a people, humans are still humans. <laughs> yes, Nothing without so a four-minute read at the top it, it, to tell you how much time to budget. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Here's a pretty beautiful place to visit at Christmas. Yeah, we decorate for uh, the holidays the way that Esme, so Esme is one of the granddaughters, and at one point she, she gave an interview to a newspaper and she described how, how it was and where the greenery was and how the table was set mm-hmm. out. So the way we kind of like put the furniture where we know it was, mm-hmm. we decorate it as, as per Esme's memory. So it's not us saying, oh, I think that looks nice mm-hmm. there. It's really... Yeah, and we talk about how the family, we talk about what toys would children play with in the 19th, mm-hmm. experience of the, the grandchildren and experiences of, you know, the have and have nots as 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 well. Mm-hmm. And then now with newcomers coming in, when people visit, we open the discussion to celebrations that other people other people have at the same time of year. Right. Yeah. So interesting. I, I have been here with my own kids when they were small at Christmas, and yeah. it was a real education for them. Yeah. Despite being such a huge home, it has a very warm oh, and say, that's exactly comfortable that's what feeling. I like about it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very much a family home, mm-hmm. and there's stories behind it. So it's not just well, we have nice furniture, mm-hmm. although people want to talk about the furniture. But it's it's who sat in the chair and who's yes. who, who lived here. And the other thing too is is you know you can think of this rich family on the hill, but they had their share of ups ups and downs. 
too. As well. And my favorite photograph of people come on my tour, I always point out that photograph. It's my favorite. So that's the kids when they're small. So they're kind of toddler to, I guess the oldest might be like 10 or 12. Okay. There, and that's how the kids were when they moved into the house. So, okay. So what happened to all of them? So this girl in the middle is Anna Kathleen. The one we were saying was the last family member to live in the house. And mm -hmm. she had three kids. Her older sister, Adele. Uh, Adele did get married in her 40s, which was late for the time, but still the era where you had to get your dad's permission before you got, oh, before you got okay. married. So after Albert passed, she married him, a happy marriage, uh, but they didn't have children. Uh, the little one there, Margaret Constance, and she's over here. So Margaret Constance, we don't know a lot about her. She's a bit of a, uh, a mystery. We don't have diaries or anything. It seems she uh, signed up to be a Red Cross nursing assistant in the in the war. Okay. Uh, we don't have records of how much she actually did, but when she came back, she must have. The family said she was never quite the same. Oh, uh, really? Same again. Okay. Uh, she never married, uh, which was the fate of a lot of women. A lot of women, especially somebody like Margaret Constance, you're supposed to get married, grow up, and have. Mm -hmm. Have children, but after the war, so many men didn't come home, and so many men came home in bad shape. So just yeah. mathematically, there weren't enough guys to go around. Yeah. So Margaret Constance, she was with a wealthy family, so she was able to live here and be supported. It would have been a different story for her if she didn't have that absolutely financial support. So this is Percy, and Percy, uh, he did serve in the Great War as a gunner. Came back diagnosed with shell shock, PTSD. Mm -hmm. So many guys did, the doctors had no idea what to do yeah. with this. So Percy yeah. never got the care he really could have benefited from. So he was he lived in the country near Barrie for a time and moved back here after Albert passed away. But he was okay. never able to, to marry or, or take over the family right. oh. business. And when he was here, uh, he really liked this room and he liked lying on the, the sofa over here and oh, listening to wow. the radio. Family stories and people remember him say he was just such a really nice guy, but that he did have tremors and stuff, so he did have show effects of his the trauma, trauma. the trauma, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Uh, and then the other brother here, uh, Birdie, I'll talk about him in another room. You see, okay, Birdie everywhere. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. So the uh, billiard room, this this is kind of the most masculine feeling room, I guess Albert's man cave. Yeah, exactly. He does, so he could entertain his business associates here. Yeah, and I said Mary's a decorator of her house, but over here you've got like dogs playing poker and stuff, which is not Mary's style. So I suspect Mary said, okay, Albert, here's one room where you can put your... <laughs> you can put what you want on the wall. You can put what you want on the wall yeah. in this room. Uh, and over there, we've got the invalid chair. When Albert got, oh. uh, I'm gonna go over close and take a look. Yeah. So when Albert got older, he would he had some health issues. He would work with Paul. The secretary would come and work with him. So he ordered this chair, and it could be custom made. So you would tell the customer what uh, you know what what you want on it. So it would recline. You can raise your feet. It's got wheels on it, so you can move it around. You've got your pillow. The table opens. Looks very comfortable. Yeah, the armrest opens and closes to make it easier to get in and out. Yeah, I think this is totally sell today. Work from home. I think so. It's like a little yeah. lap desk. You could put your iPad on it, yeah. right? Yeah. Your laptop. Very functional. So we've got some golf trophies here. Right. Uh, so the family enjoyed golf. So next door where Castle Loma is now, that used to be part of the Austin estate. It was much larger. Right. And the family had a private golf course. Oh, yeah. that's nice to have in your backyard. Right there. Yeah. yeah. And Albert also founded the um, Lambton Golf 
course in the West oh, End, which okay. is still in, in existence. Yeah. So Jane and Jane and something. Right. So, yeah. So, uh, Albert started to, he decided to sell off some plots of land, not because he needed money, but he saw real estate opportunities. So, Toronto kind of grew east-west in the early days, and now it started to grow mm-hmm. north. Mm-hmm. So, he had a few plots for sale next door. Henry Pellet came along and bought all of them and, bought, and built Casaloma. So, Albert wasn't really thrilled with uh thrilled with that no so albert and birdie actually participated in the uh olympics in 1906 oh, or something but it was during the days where you didn't really have to try out for the olympics you kind of like sign Fine. up just put your name in that yeah. yeah and they came like last or something okay so you get your like your thing your, your participation little, your participation badge yeah. yeah yeah still and you can say that you competed in the olympics that's yeah. pretty remarkable so you said he did not like Henry Pellet's project next door. No, I mean, he knew people would buy, build houses, but he yeah. didn't expect quite that. And then Castleman yeah. wasn't lived in for very long before Henry lost everything. So then the question of like, what, what, the, what's like, happening what do you, what do, you do with such a, mm-hmm. a building? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this family, they were on really good terms with the Eatons next door. Henry Pellet, they... I guess friends off and on yeah yes, so. I can understand that when you have a construction project of that size <laughs> going on project yeah and Albert was head of the uh, gas company Henry's head of the electric company oh uh, yes I can Albert head of what is now the, the TV bank and Henry was head of the home bank which, which which crashed and there went his fortunes yeah well Henry Pell he spent a lot of money he didn't actually have in the first place okay it's an interesting shell game so if you read about his business dealings they weren't illegal at the time but they make you go mm-hmm. yeah Mm. A little in the gray. Yeah. Yeah. And so when he had to bank said, well, we, we need you to pay back your loans. He wasn't able to. So the bank crashed. So who really got hurt was like the little. The, the little, little investors. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, retired people who lost their life savings. One of the school boards lost all their money to build new buildings. Wow. There was a youth group who was trying to get youth off the street, away from a life of crime. They lost everything. And one of the boys said, well, what's the point of working hard in life if the big guys are just gonna- Pull the rug out from under you. Pull the rug out from, uh, from under us. So mm-hmm. the silver lining is there were laws put in place after that to prevent that sort of thing from happening. We haven't had a bank failure in Canada since. So well, that's pretty guess, impressive. Sort of, thank you, okay. Henry. Yes, yes, yeah, sort yeah. of thank sort you, of Henry. Thank you. And Casaloma is quite a spectacular yeah. building in and of itself. Now we're stepping into the kitchen area. Okay. So the butler's pantry over there. Oh, lovely. The, things could be locked up or servants could sit if they had a minute. Ha ha. Scullery here for dishwashing and dish storage. And okay. Just overall getting... Organized. Look at how low that sink is. So that might be a Victorian sink. In the Victorian era, uh, a lot of your kitchen servants would be maybe teenage girls. So it's actually... Right. Yeah, and then there were no real standards. Now if you put a sink or a doorknob or a railway or something, there's there's just standards. But back then, like depend on who who was using the who, space. Who built your stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> kitchen, big space, but very simple, very plain. It's not decorative at all because this is not the place where you entertain. So the way mm-hmm. we're using our houses now is very different. And if you can head right to the the back, you'll see our uh, really large ice box. Okay. Oh yes, I remember this from the last time. Okay, this I found so fascinating. The ice box. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's huge. It's a they, full they room. They electric till later, but I mean, if nobody's going to see your kitchen, nobody cares what kind of fridge you have. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ice goes on the top, cold air goes down. And would they get the ice from Lake Ontario? Like sledded, how would they get uh, Yeah, the there were um, ice, a lot of ice companies up near Lake Simcoe. Oh, okay. There was a company in Toronto at the foot of um, Grenadier Pond. Oh, okay. 
so it's insane to think about it. So pictures behind you showing how thick the ice was. You've got ice thick enough to hold the weight of horses and ice blocks. Wow. And the workers, and now it, it doesn't freeze. So. Where would you get the ice these yeah, days? where would you get the ice these days? And would they transport it in sawdust? How do they keep it intact? They, they would. So there's an image there of industrial storage. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you cover it in tarp and sawdust and it keeps, it, and it keeps it itself cold. And out the back here, you can see the orchards out there, the apple orchards, the building that's peeking through there is the garage. The top part that you see is where the chauffeur had his uh, apartment. His, his quarters. Family. Yeah. Okay. And there's a building you can't see through the trees right now, but later you're walking around, it's like a blue building and that's where the gardener had part of it for his premises. Right. And there were stables there. Did all the staff live on site or some some yeah, did and some did not? Well, in the 20s, there was a cook and two maids who lived in the house. Right. We'll see where they were and the chauffeur and the gardener. There were other people who would come on as needed. Right. You had out there's you see those planter boxes out there. So that's a fairly yeah. new initiative here. So that's a group uh, named Aki Wudukajiwan. Okay. Called the Ontario Earth Helpers and they're an indigenous community. And they asked if they could build those. So they're growing produce as per First Nations um, uh, traditions. And it's an opportunity to provide employment for indigenous youth. Oh, that's fascinating. And they're using the produce to distribute to people in their uh, in their, in their communities to kind of bring it back, which which is kind I of a full circle because yes. the word spadina is a First Nations word meaning rise of land. Rise of land because we're on we're the on hill. Top of the, top of the hill. We're at the rise of the land. What an amazing initiative. Yeah. When did that start? I saw like a couple of years. Okay. Yeah, okay. Years. Well, definitely. So it's fairly. Uh, it's fairly new. Okay. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, we'll have to check that out when we're outdoors. And what's this receipt here? Oh, oh like a grocery bill. Still expensive, even back then. <laughs> Some things are so the same, have remained the same yeah. over the decades, and some things are so very different, like having an entire room for your yeah. refrigerator, yeah. which I don't think I could accommodate in my house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed by the historical paint, the, the paint colors. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with bangs and you know in the walls and like, are you color matching and things like that we, well when we do the restoration so even if you like there's yellow and blue there which yeah. seems like why wouldn't you just use the same color but when they did the re-restoration they did go through the layers of paint and experts have ways to do that to figure yes. out like what layer is what what year with paint and, and, and wallpaper so with nicks and stuff so we we don't let people in here with uh, like strollers so you try and minimize those kinds we of we try issues. and minimize stuff like that um if anything does really fall apart or something uh just because of the age then we call either maintenance or conservation depending on what the what the issue is, the issue is. yeah yeah okay. yeah it's interesting these homes of this ilk and era have these lifting windows above doors to it's like a ventilation system i would imagine is it, it or it's like it's, it's it's like a ventilation system so you can get air through and especially on top of something like bedrooms you can still have privacy and close your door but still have ventilation yeah and our telephone booth oh telephone oh, booth Big wow to the city, small one direct line to the chauffeur's cottage that's amazing. So you wouldn't have to leave the house in the depths of winter to get your car pulled around front. So uh, dining room, after Albert passed, she put electricity. So yeah, yeah. married to the gas guy and put electricity after he passed. <laughs> <laughs> she was uh, waiting for her right. moment. Maybe waiting for her moment. <laughs> yeah, so the family would use this for entertaining, but they would also use it for their private meals as well. Okay. There's a small table over there. Uh, children would sit at the children's table. 
uh, you didn't sit with the adults until you were old enough, and you can prove that you could behave properly. Mm-hmm. So, That's the training table. <laughs> training. I know a few adults who belong well, at the say, children's table. <laughs> yeah. There is an ongoing joke of about adults getting uh, demoted as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And the portraits here. This one, Birdie. So I said we'll talk about him. Right. Later. Birdie. So Birdie's everywhere. But it's he's the only of the five kids who has pride of place in this room. It's for a sad reason because he passed away so young. He was only 24. Oh. And he passed away of tuberculosis. So saying rich family, lots of money, but he had tuberculosis. There was no medicine, no cure at the time. Yeah. So, but he was the golden boy. He was the one being trained up, and it was assumed he would take over all the everything, and, and you know, didn't come to, uh, didn't come to bath. So tragic. What a loss for the family. A huge loss for the family. And TB was a, a scourge. Because of what you say, there wasn't any treatment, and it was uh, there wasn't any treatment. It was like a, a pandemic, like for for hundreds of years. Yeah. They were just starting to understand how it was spread. But the family kept it hush-hush because there was a, a stigma. People thought, well, only poor people get tuberculosis, mm-hmm. which is not true, but it, that was the stigma. So mm-hmm. they kept it. And plus, you don't want to announce to the world, hey, we have three unmarried daughters, we want to marry off, but we have somebody with a contagious illness. Exactly. In the house. Yeah, so, yeah. So they built the third floor with him in mind, and we'll see that, uh, basically to make like an isolation space for him. While that was being done, he went to Egypt for drier air. Okay. But he got sick in Egypt, couldn't fight it off, and passed away there. So. Okay. Oh. Yeah. What a shame. Yeah. It's, nobody escapes that kind of tragedy, really, in the, in this yeah. life, do so they? So where is he buried? The family are buried in, uh, I think, James or the Necropolis. Okay. Yeah. Over in Cabbage Town area. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think, the oldest cemetery in Toronto. Yeah, because the Baldwins actually had a little cemetery, a private cemetery on the property, and then the Austins used it a bit, but then with all the development here, they had to move, so, so we'll head up the, uh, the staircase. It's a couple rooms up here. I'm impressed by the light in the house, even though the furnishings and wall coverings are darker because mm-hmm. of the time. It's yeah. still a very bright it home. Is. I'm so glad you say that. A lot of people come and they think it's so dark. I don't think so. I would agree with you. I think yeah. I've worked in darker museums. Uh, I think so many people are used to TV screens and their phones and everything. Mm-hmm. That natural light seems kind of dim. Yeah. To the that, I think you're right. So we have the top of the stairs. Okay. And they call this the Gorgeous. blue room. This would be the room where Mary would take you if you were uh, a very close friend or nothing. Okay. Not many, uh, not many people made it up to the second floor. This is a very intimate space. It still looks grand because you can see it from down there. So mm-hmm. you still want to impress. Mm-hmm. But very few people uh, were up here. And I, I, I took a, a descendant through, and she remembers coming here when Anna Kathleen was still here. Oh wow! And she had never seen the second floor. <gasps> oh, you're kidding! She says, "What's up here?" And, and she was more. related to the family. Yeah. Wow. So it is a privileged place, indeed. It is indeed. a privileged place, and then to be very, uh, very private. And Mary would, and she was a great support of arts and culture, like I said. Mm-hmm. And she supported uh, up-and-coming artists, and especially women artists. Okay. Time, oh, interesting. At the time, girls were taught to paint because you were a girl. Uh, so anyone who wanted to make a go of it wasn't taken as seriously. So Mary would hang art by men and women side by side which doesn't sound radical to us, but she was making the point, you should just look at the scale of the artist. Mm-hmm. And, and not the it. gender of the, the exactly. artist themselves. There are three doors down the hall, which when the kids were small, one room's for the girls, one for the boys, and one for the nannies. Okay. Uh, even though the kids were there, but uh, the kids spent a lot of time in boarding school in this family. Mm-hmm. So when I say any of the kids lived here full time, it was more when they were adults. So this house, as comfortable as it is, there's no kid 
feel like there's no playroom there's no yeah room, there's no right nursery so this is my favorite part of the house they called it mary's cozy corner oh i love it so a little space for her to you know just kind of relax and get away from it all it's by two windows Sunny. it's beautiful even on cloudy days you get enough light yeah for, to read for reading yeah so and she would have let a little fire here perhaps yeah and really cozy and very private too like a little snug yeah and the main bedroom okay so which was albert mary's room again very feminine like there really is a, a feminine mm -hmm. feeling with the rose wallpaper yeah and it's very much uh you know it would have been her domain that the house mm -hmm. and albert would have been expected to be you know the businessman right uh, very much those um traditional spheres and then the ensuite bathroom so some of the other rooms also had ensuites as well so okay this is how the other half lives so in toronto at this time if you're wealthy you have a bathroom like this if you were back in the ward you might be having outdoor parties at this point but at this time there was a great push for better conditions and in Toronto. And Dr. Charles Hastings was the medical head, head medical doctor at the time. He unfortunately lost his little girl to bovine tuberculosis drinking uh, bad milk. And he made it his mission to make sure that he could prevent that from happening again if he could help it. So to make it in people's faces, he hired a photographer named Arthur Goss, G-O-S-S, -S, and you can Google his works. They're still quite poignant. And Arthur Goss went into the slums and took photographs and printed them in the newspaper, which is the social media of the time. And that got people's attention because yeah. you're opening your newspaper in the morning and you see images of children with, with no shoes or mm -hmm. uh, groups of immigrants, like you see like 20, 20 men to one, to one room. So that got people's attention mm -hmm. and said, okay, politicians, you need to make change. You need to do something yeah. about this. So we'll okay. make our way upstairs. What we've seen so far, like I said, the furniture and stuff is theirs. Things like carpet and wallpaper are reproduced based right. on what was here. So what you're going to see upstairs on the third floor, uh, it was just preserved. Oh, wow. This is really cool. This is a 100-year-old wallpaper. That's and it's amazing. faded, but it's in pretty good It's pretty good condition. condition, yeah. And it's bright up here because you have this beautiful skylight. And the skylight, yeah, for fresh air and uh, sunlight. So that was part of thinking about Birdie and his tuberculosis. So okay. uh, recommending like fresh air and... and uh, and sunlight. Okay. And this side here is for nurses to take care of Birdie uh, when that wasn't necessary. Plan B was servants removed up here. Okay. So the cook and two maids up here. Uh, they each had their own room, which is an unprecedented level of privacy. Mm -hmm. And they had a couple sitting rooms. So they worked about 60 hours a week, so they didn't have much time to sit. But, but you wanted to offer those perks if you could, because it's hard to get servants, because if you're living in a house like this, you're working for nice people, but your time is not your own. Yeah. If Mary's having a party till one in the morning, you're, you're working until you're, you're, you're on call. And if, uh, like we said, if, if you didn't want to get married and the market was tight, like we were saying, you can't have gentleman callers here. A lot of women found it more attractive to work in factories, which doesn't sound very glamorous, but the advantage was at the end of your shift, your time was your own. Yes. But then you have to go and find um, accommodation and pay for it. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. there's pros and cons to either. Right. Uh, to either side. This side was good to their, their, their family because when the cook, Mrs. Wallace, got sick for a while, uh, they let her stay here and kept paying her wages and they hired oh. a replacement until she got better. Okay. Legally, they didn't have to do that. Legally, they could have said, we well, can't work, sorry, bye. Yeah. yeah. And probably that happened more it, often it than it, not. It happened more often than not. Yeah. yeah. The chauffeur, they gave him a, a pension. Okay. Um, they, they didn't have to, they didn't have to do that. So, so they were better than most employers. Yeah. yeah. So this was meant to be Birdie's sitting room, sunny room, okay. air, sunlight and everything. If you weren't as wealthy, a lot of people tried to make do with uh, tents in the backyard. The only, oh, wow. cure, the only help really was 
air and sunshine. Okay. Um, if you were poor and lived in cramped conditions, well, you probably didn't even have the ability to do that yeah. but then you still had uh you know for the flu and tuberculosis and we had the spanish flu similar to the pandemic mm-hmm. the same kind of you know cover your nose cover your mouth wear a mask mm-hmm. uh, some people were pro this and some people were anti-maskers and then people not wearing masks properly the big thing was don't spit in the street right uh, there must have been a big problem. Like, you have to tell how many people want to say Yeah, that. fortunately, we don't have to tell them that. Get <laughs> these That's really interesting, sort of, it, particularly in the context of what we've just been through, that this is something that humans have had to endure many times over yep. and not so far yep. in the past. And they deal with it very similarly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Albert ended up moving up. He moved up here soon after Bertie passed away so it was maybe a way of dealing with with, with grief mm-hmm. Albert and you know they, trying to be they closer were, to they were devastated yeah, yeah of course and two rooms in the far end were never completed we use it for storage so oh. when Bernie wasn't going to come home they just so forget it we're not doing stopped. anymore yeah 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 understandable yeah. so you don't have any any ghost stories for us Karen not really. Not okay. I, no, some of our sister sites have some really good stories, but yeah. uh, I have a colleague that can, that's convinced maybe Margaret Constance is up here because her room was there, but... Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, like I wish I did. I wish I had this really spooky story, but I... That's I, okay, I though. On other sites they do, but here is... No, it's, it's kind of... Well, it was a happy, you know, happy family home. home. It, and it, it so, be, yeah, you know, their, their struggles, you know, with losing, losing Birdie so young and then Percy with PTSD and that wasn't, oh, that's, yeah. that wasn't understood. Yeah. So you can have all the money in the world, but it doesn't save you from life. Living life and Living all the, and the, all the hard yeah. things that go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is a good lesson, I think, for people to remember. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, thank you so much, Karen. It has oh, been eye-opening, inspiring educational this has been a really really neat experience oh, my pleasure. yeah anybody got, i love talking with history so just yeah. there you go well maybe <laughs> we'll talk with you again do come, yeah. all yeah. right well look for karen when you come okay. for your your tour at spadina museum thanks a lot and i think we'll probably go outside and Take wander around what a fabulous and absolutely incredibly informative tour we just had with Karen. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, thank goodness Karen was there. There was so much information and it was an extensive tour. Uh, definitely something people should put on their list of places mm-hmm. to go in the city of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And after the tour, we had a little bit of an opportunity to wander around outside in the orchard and the flower garden. At the uh, original greenhouse you can find on the grounds, in addition to the garage and the quarters where the chauffeur lived above, mm-hmm. and also the gardener's quarters. Yeah. So make sure you take a peek at that as well. Yeah, it's six acres that six you acres. can incredible. wander around. In the heart of the city. In the heart of the city. You don't even <laughs> feel like you're in the city no. at all, do you? You don't. No. And now... Our detour. Our detour. <laughs> we're right next door at... Casaloma. Casaloma. Yeah. It's just steps from Spadina House. Yeah, it is. So we didn't have to go far for this detour today. We did not. Right next door. And uh, Casaloma is actually an enormous castle. For people who are not familiar with it, it is a Gothic Revival castle style mansion that was built between 1911 and 1914 by Sir Henry Pellet, who was a financier 
in, back in the turn of the century. But Casaloma was part of his undoing. He spent too much, played a little bit of a shell game, as Karen said, and uh, lost his fortune, sadly. So nobody really lived in Casaloma for too, too long. And it's had all kinds of incarnations. One of the saddest moments in time was when it was uh, pretty much abandoned and uh, vandals had their way with it for a little bit. But it's been fully restored, is now owned by a private entertainment group. Mm-hmm. Now it's an event venue, right? Yeah, it's an event venue. They have all kinds of things going on there. They have a steakhouse. They have uh, outdoor concerts in the absolutely spectacular gardens. They have beautiful teas, like high teas in the conservatory. And, uh, and you can just tour it. Uh, and one of the the best events there, though, Walker, that I really love and my kids really Which love, was? Uh, is like the haunted Casaloma experience that you can have. Right. And it is fully immersive. There are live actors jump-scaring you all over the place. And uh, it's just, it's wild. And they have the Christmas Light Festival, the Holiday Light Festival mm-hmm. as well, correct? Yep, yep. So there's yeah. a lot going on there. Um, one of the most amazing things is that it has... A tunnel, like a still operational tunnel that goes from the actual castle itself to the original stables. Can you go in the tunnel? You can go in the tunnel. Oh, I yeah. love that. It's very cool. The kids love it. And uh, and the stables themselves are beautiful. So well, Even if you don't go on a tour and you just want to appreciate the exterior architecture in the grounds, mm-hmm. that's possible as well. And you can grab an ice cream and just sit outside by the fountain. Yeah. Just enjoy your time at the rise of the hill, looking over the uh, Toronto skyline. So it's been really fun today, Walker. It was a fun day. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming out with me. <laughs> thanks for driving. Thank you for joining us at At Home and Abroad with your host, Harrison Walker. If you enjoyed this episode, we would really appreciate it if you would rate and review our show. It helps us grow and expand our reach. Subscribe to follow us each week as we continue the conversation. You can also say hi to us on Instagram at at Harrison Walker. We would love to hear from you.